In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 104th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Well, we skipped Wednesday's normally scheduled uh, Bowtie Chronicles so we can come to you right after the end-of-season press conference, which was held earlier today here in Flowery Branch in the media room. I'm still here by myself. Just finished a couple stories. Uh, One's up online with Coach Quinn detailing why he wants to call the defense now. And then we have a Sunday story looking at some of the contract situations moving forward. But we're going to title this episode here, Resetting the Compass. That's what Coach Quinn said they had to do. Uh, I I wanted to know why, what was the rationale behind the firings of the coordinators, Steve Sarkeesian, Marquand Manuel on defense, and then special teams coordinator, Keith Armstrong. And Coach Dan said the compass was off in terms of identity and style that we like to play. So we had to reset that. That was the reason he was given, or that he gave, for firing all of his coordinators. Their identity and style was off, and he wants to get back to it. And you can read about him taking over the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Offensive coordinators are being interviewed. He's interviewed two at this point. uh, Dirk Cutter will be getting his interview on Saturday. So we could be hearing about... uh, a coordinator here soon. He uh, there's a lot of people interested in the job. He said, and he also noted that some people were in the playoffs that he'd like to talk to. Uh, I was thinking Gus Bradley might be one, but you know if he's going to take over the defense, he wouldn't uh, be interested in talking to Gus. Although they were some overlap and some Seattle overlap there. But let's get into 10 takeaways from the press conference. It went about 45 minutes long. The biggest one is uh, that they're going to take care of business with regards to Julio Jones's uh, renegotiation and uh, extension. Uh, the low point of the season, Coach Dan said that, you know, they thought they had scrambled back to 4-4, four and four, but found out they really didn't. Got punched in the mouth up in Cleveland, sent them on a five-game losing streak. Mr. Offense only averaged 17.6 points a game. So, um, you know, the identity, that's what he means by that when he's saying, you know, they uh, lost their identity. They didn't get, um, you know, as physical as they like, and that that cost them. Grady Jarrett's deal, uh, uh, the talks have resumed. They were talking during the season. They were tabled. Uh, the team is looking forward to doing a deal with the uh, CAA, they said, and that they will, um, you know, want to have Grady for many, many years to come. 
I know a lot of the fans uh, were talking about coaches' clock management uh, during this season and last. Uh, timeouts at, you know, non-traditional times. But, you know, he's always trying to, you know, do what he feels to get the team in a winning position. But with him calling the defense now, he said that he will look to add clock management uh, a clock management role to another assistant's uh, uh, plate. Uh, you know, everything will go through him, but he's going to probably add him a clock management person to help him out. Uh, with executing their management plan. I know how it gets. You get in that game and stuff's going and you talked about what you were going to do when you, and when that situation comes around, then you, you know, maybe uh, go against your instincts and do something else. But he's going to have somebody on the staff to, to help with the clock management here moving forward. And calling the defense, he said that he, uh, he likes calling the defense, and uh, he considered moving Raheem Morris over there. Raheem uh, was not an NFL coordinator. He did call at Kansas State, and he did call some uh, the defense against when he was with Tampa Bay. I only remembered that because we got into a little tiff over the conference call that year when he asked – and I asked him about, you know, well, they can't get ready for you because they don't know, you don't have a track record for how you're going to call it. I don't know. He thought that was uh, proprietary information or something, but we settled it uh, later. Scouting department, scouting department will remain intact for now. Uh, no, nobody's leaving yet. Uh, you know, I would think some teams will be talking to Scott Pioli by now unless he's just not interested. When we ask about the return game, this is number seven. You know, uh, we asked him about Keith and the design of the special teams, and Coach Dan started talking about the speed and the returners. So he do believe that they can uh, make a big improvement in the return game. As far as the injured reserve guys, he wouldn't give a timetable on those uh, guys. Most of them probably they'll shoot for training camp. The uh, ACL or Keanu Neal and the uh, Achilles for Ricardo Allen are the ones that are going to take the longest. Uh, Devontae Freeman should, could have probably returned this season if they were in the hunt for the playoffs. And we'll get updates on the rest of the guys as the offseason rolls along. Number nine, Bruce Irving. Coach Quinn spoke highly of him, but also seemed to be saying farewell and uh, knowing that uh, Bruce passed up money to, to come play these uh, the last half of the season here in his hometown. They may not uh, – they have higher priorities, quite frankly, and he can get a better deal elsewhere. Uh, so we're, we're not expecting that. Uh, to to change much, so uh, we'll see how that goes. And then it was kind of stunning. Uh, Vic Beasley, a lot of members in the media were chatting about that. Uh, that uh, you know he didn't get a ringing endorsement from Coach Dan and Coach uh, and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov here, whereas you know they wanted they said they wanted Grady for for years to come. And whereas with Vic, they said, oh, we got to evaluate and see how they fit into our future. So, one was the first round pick, one was the fifth round pick. So, you know, they, uh, that was very interesting. That was one of the takeaways here from, from today's end of presser. We're going to uh, just run through them here real quick again. 
Number one, Julio Jones' deal is going to get done. Low point of the season was getting punched in the mouth in Cleveland after getting to 4-4. Four and four. Grady Jarrett's deal will get done. They uh, tabled talks during the season. They've picked back up. And uh, it's going to be interesting because Grady's played himself into some money. The uh, spot track, the one of the website cap websites has his value at fifteen point two million per year. We discussed Coach Quinn calling the defenses, the scouting department. They got a lot of work to do. Thomas Dimitrov said it's going to be a busy off season. The return game, we knew that um, it was kind of bizarre. They they kept Hardy and Marvin Hall. And didn't re-sign Andre Roberts, who went on to go to the Jets and go to the Pro Bowl. So, they'll be trying to spruce up the return game. Eight, the injured reserve guys. Don't know when they're coming back. But, uh, you know, Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen, the main ones there in Freeman. Uh, not expecting Bruce Irvin back number nine. And Vic Beasley. Be interesting to watch how that plays out here. Now, I do have a clip from the uh, press conference here I want to share with you. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov and head coach Dan Quinn. Um, in the scheme of what we do and, uh, you know, the style exactly like I'd want to do it, um, quite honestly, I like doing it. So um, I've done it before, um, you know, both as a coordinator, um, as a defense coordinator, and as a head coach some. So I uh, just thought that was the best way for us moving forward and something I'm looking forward to. And Dan, have a... Uh a timeline or any kind of frame that you want to finalize these coordinator uh, positions? No, I didn't put a deadline uh, amongst ourselves uh, due to um, teams that are still playing. Obviously, that's a factor in it. Um, so yeah, there's no deadline that I have now. Uh, just going to be really thorough and uh, what we're looking for, scheme fit, culture fit, everything has got to you know line up just right. And also, uh, Wayne Arnold obviously said that um, he hasn't let go. Are there any other position assistants that have? Um, from a change standpoint, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. And uh, there may be some adjusting moving on within the staff, but, uh, you know, in terms of position changing, uh, but uh, no other changes at this time. Is there right. a good chance of bringing Morris to move back to the other side of the ball? It was something that I thought of, Jeff, and I can recognize for sure why with his background there. But at the end of it, um, I decided, uh, you know, to stick uh, myself into that role. But that was definitely something that I considered. Um, but when I got back, down to the end, I thought uh, I'm pleased with the progress uh, that side of the ball, especially at receivers making under uh, Ra's leadership. And I thought it was important uh, in the development of where we're at with Cal as well. So uh, that's the decision there. And then a follow-up to a question you just answered a little while ago. Okay. Um, uh, coaches just lost some jobs. There might be some other changes. How much personal responsibility do both of you guys feel for what Basically happened this year. Obviously, there was injuries. Yeah, 100%. If you individual could each sort of answer that. Yeah, the responsibility for it? Responsibility and and decisions maybe that were made or thoughts that you had about certain guys going in. Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, I asked each of the players, you know, what's the, you know, two or three moments or games or situations that you could have made a difference and how would have that changed? And so for me, you know, there must be, you know, 50 of them, you know, the lesson that you got to now apply. Um, so I definitely um, feel that responsibility for when we don't meet the mark as a team. And uh, as a coach, it's one of the parts you don't like in terms of making changes uh, because 
uh, all the background that's involved with that too. And um, so definitely feel all the responsibility for that. And uh, it's the last, you know, conversation that you want to have with somebody. Hey, this is a, a conversation we hope we'd never have, but this is where we are today. Did the number of injuries think I sustained? Hold on one second. T.S. Yeah, obviously as a co-team builder, there's no question that we're looking at the team, we're looking at the abilities and the depth. Um, I think considering the depth, there are certain people we thought stepped up, and personally there are other people that didn't step up that we thought were going to step up and, and, and thrive for us. So I think when it comes to building the team, that's going to always be something that I'm focused on, obviously as the season goes on. Of course, as much as um, Dan and I talk about things prior to going into games, of course, I'm not having anything to do with game planning. But when we talk about the players and where we're putting players, that is an important part of, of my world as well. So um, I take responsibility, of course, for that. I mean, that's that's a big part of what my what my job is. How much sort of do you have to almost do you have to push like the reset button in terms of evaluation, how you look at certain guys or? No, interestingly enough, to to, uh, to Dan's conversation with with Michael about you know uh, scheme changes and such, any of the uh, any of the adjustments that we may have, be they small or bigger, it's something that we're going to have to definitely disseminate uh, to our scouting staff to make sure that we are on the ball as far as exactly what we're looking for, for the type of uh, you know adjustments we are making in the scheme. So, um, as far as reevaluating how we evaluate things, no. I mean, I, I'm, I feel extremely confident with the scouting staff that we have and the coaching staff as evaluators. We just need to be continually, uh, continuously um, focused on assessing as well as evaluating. And there is a little bit of a difference to me. And we need assessing has to do is with not only on the field, um, but how it's all coming together. That's an important thing. Thomas, in the draft, do you feel that you can find the kind of talent to beef up the old line, or will be more through free agency in the offseason? You know, that's a, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it's both. I mean, I honestly, every year we say that, right, Mike? We, we, we look at what's out there potentially talent-wise, and we, we compare and we see where the values may be. That's going to be something we look at. Uh, interestingly enough, I think there are strengths and areas that we may be looking at, uh, both in the free agency and in the draft, and that's, that's not playing the fence there. It's just more we need to be very mindful of what we can take uh, as far as the money that we have and potentially have, because we have, you know, we have a we have a legit pay, uh, you know, uh, what I'm trying to say. We have a legit payroll here, of course, and we have to continue to look at that. And we're going to have to make decisions on that as well, uh, pertaining to how we approach free agency, if we can afford certain people, and where we think the value is going to be at the youth side of things. There it is, a little bit from the press conference today. Coach Dan Quinn and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov on a variety of subjects there. Uh, some of the media members on that clip included uh, our good friend Michael Bell from 92.9 The Game, uh, Jason Butt, and Jeff Schultz from The Athletic. And a reference to our com- columnist, Michael Cunningham, who was here. So if you want to read anything uh, about Today, we have uh, several stories online. We got the 10 takeaway stories we just went through here. Uh, We have a story on Coach Quinn explaining uh, how he's, you know, why he wanted to call the defense and why. And then Cunningham's column is going to post here shortly, and uh, he's going to get into, you know, his take on, on what went down today. So, you know, also on AJC.com, you got the schedule, uh, draft uh, positioning, 14th overall. They think there'll be some good players in the middle of each round, and uh, the schedule is set. 
So with that, we're going to wrap it up here today from the 104th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The uh, offensive coordinator interviews are going on, and we'll uh, stay on top of that for you. And uh, we'll see, you know, Dirk Cutter's Dirk Cutter coming back. Is it Mike Malarkey? Is it Daryl Bevel? Adam Gase, is, uh, he's out there, fired from the uh, New England Patriots. Excuse me, formerly uh, uh, of the New England Patriots, fired from the Miami Dolphins. So with that, we're going to sign off from the 104th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, Resetting the Compass, the Atlanta Falcons. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.